You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock. Look at the view from the top. Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods. Yeah, one in particular. I'm just a messenger. Let me just pass on the rock. Browning, uh. brunning, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing. What he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things. And there's Dennis the Bennett. Yeah. The man is a menace, yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Slides a fox, cultured in pop. Give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box. And you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire. I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Yeah. Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Woo. Fantasy round Table. Come take a look at the crown, baby. Go. Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Football Roundtable podcast. It is Monday and we are about to talk some trades and some NFL news. But uh, before we dive in, wanted to say that we are proud members of the Pigskin Podcast Network. You can find a bunch of great shows on there. Everyone tags their shows with the hashtag TPPN when we go live. So be sure to check that out and find some other shows. I'm joined today by Dennis. Uh, Matt is still out today, but Dennis, how are you doing? I personally am having a great day. My son, however, is sick, had to come home from school. He was kind of warning us this morning. He was like, hey, if I have diarrhea, do I have to go to school? And we're like, look, man, just go to the bathroom. You'll be fine. Turns out he had a fever. and They sent him home. Now he's got to get a COVID test before they'll let him back. So. He's in bed, but I'm doing great. I'm, you know, looking forward to the show, talking about trades. I like how you said he was trying to warn you. He was. He started yesterday. Like, if somebody was ill. Like, I got a headache, you know, and I'm like, he goes, if I got that, I'm like, dude, you're going to be fine. Now, mind you. Flash to Ron Howard saying he was not fine. I'm going to overshare. So my son is in the fifth grade, and he has not yet pooped at school. Well, you know, sometimes school bathrooms aren't all 
I don't know they cracked up to be. It's when you get to be an adult like us, you lose your inhibitions, mm. you know. I'm like, look, just go. If you got to go, go. And he's like, no, man, I can't. Like, dude, you, trust me, you will. So he's like Sheldon Cooper. Needs yeah. somebody to come pick yeah. him up. <laughs> And the other I'm one, laughing. I bet I was the same way. I'm a, my, my, and my 16 year old, like ever since he's been in the first grade, like he'd smuggle a book into the bathroom. He got, he got in trouble when he was in like the second grade. Cause he snuck a book, went to the bathroom, snuck a book like a half hour later, they were looking for him. One time he went to the bathroom. They were looking for him. He wasn't in the bathroom. He went to the library. It's like, dude, you gotta go back to class. He'd get in trouble and they'd put him out in the hall reading. I'm like, he'll re- he loves to read. It's like if you wanna, if he's in trouble, have him write. He hates to write. Make him write. He'll stop acting up. You tell him, oh hey, if you act up, I'm gonna set you out in the hall by yourself and you're gonna have to read a book. He's like, dude, I'm in. You're a bitch, teach. It's like, come on. Yeah. Anyways, enough about my weird kids. Hey, you know, so everyone needs an outlet sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> well, before we dive into uh, trades and some of that, I thought we'd look at a couple of news items. You know, the NFL likes to keep it rocking and rolling. Uh, we also know that the the combine is going to get going uh, tomorrow, so I'm sure we'll have some fun stuff to talk about with the combine coming up on Friday. Uh, but the first, they they announced the Hall of Fame game. Dennis wanted to get your thoughts. We we still have a little bit of time, I'm told, before the Hall of Fame game. But uh, the Jaguars with their new head coach Doug Peterson and the Raiders with their new head coach uh, Adam Gase will be, or not Adam Gase. Um, dude, I totally blanked out. Josh McDaniels. I was thinking of coaches that I don't like that coached in Denver. Josh McDaniels will be. Uh, out there in the Hall of Fame game. What do you think of the matchup? Uh, insert, oh boy, GIF, I guess. You know, it's uh, it's the first game of the season. Nobody really plays much. Nothing's really installed. I mean, I'll be glad that football is back, and I, I will certainly watch the game in its entirety uh, because that's what I like to do. Um, but as far as what it's going to tell us, it's not going to tell us a darn thing. Uh, I think it has the potential. If it was like a week eight game, I'd be pretty psyched to see it because I feel like Peterson's going to be good for Trevor Lawrence. Travis Etienne, I think, is going to be a, a good back in that offense. If they can you know, get something out of their wide receivers, shore up their O-line, uh, especially against the Raiders, if you got Max Crosby coming at you like a madman, that can be a little bit terrifying. But the the Jags certainly have an opportunity to take a, a step forward this year. I mean, they were pretty far down. I don't know if they could have stepped down much further. Um, Which is surprising <laughs> because some of us thought they might take at least a nominal step up with uh, Lawrence. Just willing himself <laughs> over Urban. Yeah. No, I, I'm. I think the game will be fine for what it is. It's preseason, very vanilla, uh, it, but it'll be great to have football back on TV. Yep, 
That is true. Well, uh, for the Buccaneers, a couple of pieces of news for them. The NFL announced their international slate, which we'll get to in a minute, but uh, guard Ali Marpet uh, retiring. Uh, so obviously a blow to whichever Kyle Trask ends up standing behind that offensive line, I guess. I think, you know, I'm, I'm glad for Marpet. You know, he came out of Hobart College, a really small college. He excelled. Uh, in the NFL, he had a seven-year career. Um, you know, ultimately, he's he decided uh, he didn't want to spend, you know, another five or ten years beating his body up. He's got other things he wants to do. He's made good money in the NFL. Uh, he's a good player, and at 27 years old, I guess there's nothing to say that, you know, a year or two from now, he might just get the bug and say, you know what, I've had a year off. Uh, I'd like to make a comeback and see if I still got something left because he is young. I feel like that's not really going to be the case. I I think, you know, he's at the stage where he's kind of looked around and uh, he's got a plan for what he wants to do outside of football and he's ready to start executing it. Well, the Tampa Bay win in another uh, piece of news. Well, first of all, I thought it was interesting. I saw a sport track posted. Uh, if they designate Marpet and Brady as post June one retirements, they'll only have 37 million of dead cap. Yeah. <laughs> it hurts. Uh, the other piece of bucks related news, the NFL announced the home teams for their international slate and they're teeing up to have five international games in 2022. We will again have three games in London with the Jaguars hosting at Wembley Stadium. The two designated home teams at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in London will be the Green Bay Packers and the New Orleans Saints, which is interesting. Maybe we'll get uh, a little more elite matchups. The Arizona Cardinals will play a home game in Estadio Azteca in Mexico City. But the big news for Tampa Bay, the NFL's first ever Germany game. They will be the home team. What do you think of the international home teams? I mean, it's as I mean, I, I'm personally completely indifferent. You know, they're flying across the country or down to or across the halfway across the world or down to Mexico, uh, but both teams are. Uh, I think for by and large, I think don't teams get the option to have the week after off. So I they, think so, yeah. So because I, I, I think there was a big to-do last year where one of the London teams didn't take it. They opted to not have Miami. It. Yeah. And uh, you know what's interesting to me is so with the 17-game schedule, we have the unbalanced nine home games versus eight road games, and it alternates. Last year was the AFC. This next year in 2022, it's NFC teams that get the the technical extra home game. And I thought it was interesting. Four of the five teams, not only playoff teams from the NFC, but are all NFC or three of the five teams are playoff teams, but four of the five teams are NFC teams. So I wonder if we will start to see as we get these international slates that they're taking into account the team, you know, the conference that has that extra home game so that, you know, Green Bay still has eight games in Lambeau field, you know, New Orleans still has eight games in the Superdome. They just also have this one away. Yeah. I, I think that it's probably something that was brought up. Um, you know, I don't know. They've got quite the algorithm that they use to put together the schedule. It's, 
it's uh, something, you know. Oddly enough, uh, Granddad's Pizza here in Hilliard, where I live outside of Columbus, uh, Tottenham Hotspurs watch location. Well, speaking of our international slate teams, two other ones made news. First for the Saints, uh, Ryan Ramchek and Michael Thomas reworking their deals. The Saints are in cap hell, but that probably means both of them are planning to be on the roster. Uh, yeah. I put that bubble for Michael Thomas in 2022. Your thoughts on them getting a deal done there? Yeah, I mean, teams teams are in the position now where they're taking their high-dollar players and they're reworking their deals uh, where they can so they can be competitive. Uh, I think there there's some talk that some kind of think that Thomas doesn't want to play, that he's kind of like, uh, I, I'm out. I feel like that's not necessarily the case. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't want to play in New Orleans, but it it by and large is what teams are doing this time of year. You know, Ramchek is, is a good tackle. I, I think uh, getting him back from injury, I think he missed a bunch of time last year with injury, if I remember correctly, you know, and, and Thomas was out. He had the foot and, uh, uh, you know, who knows for sure what really happened with why he didn't play um, him and Sean Payton, I guess. Uh, but, you know, if they come back, I, I feel like Thomas is a good weapon. He's a consistent wide receiver. No, he isn't going to run away from people, but he gets open. He catches the ball. Um, he picks up yardage. He He's a, a good wide receiver. And when we talk about trades uh, a little bit later, I got an offer in one league and I'm sure there are a lot of fantasy managers who are like, look, if I can get anything of note, I want to move Thomas and get out from under him because I don't know if he's going to play again. I don't know. I'm not really, I don't think I'm, I'm not in that mindset. I feel like he's going to come back and he's going to want to prove, uh, prove his metal there. Yeah. And it's a big win for the saints who have major cap issues between um, restructuring Ramchek, Michael Thomas and Andrus Pete, which they also got done. They freed up 34 million in space, which actually doesn't give them cap space yet. I think they still have right. some work to do. I agree with you about Michael Thomas. I, I threw one on there. That's one that I, that I had gotten to be curious to your take. Michael Thomas is a guy that I just <clears throat> as crappy as it is he's almost a sunk asset right now that you need to hold on right. to because his trade value feels like it's at the floor at the same time for the saints we've talked about how offensively they have tons of questions that they need to get figured out so maybe redoing the deal and being able to retain michael thomas at a position that they don't have anything going on wide receiver is good keeping a lineman if he can get back healthy and on the field is good they still don't know what's going to happen with alvin kamara you know, based on what happened after the Pro Bowl. So a lot of questions for the Saints. I think it makes sense for both sides to, you know, help them get some cap room and also maybe give them more secure footing. Uh, the final piece of news is uh, Kyler Murray popping back up again via his agent who released a long statement. Um, much was made a few weeks ago of him unfollowing the team and scrubbing the Cardinals from his Instagram. I remember at the time, one of us, and that would be the the wizened man to my left, right? I guess it depends on 
which side you are, mentioned that he thought it was a ploy because he really wants that long-term commitment, long-term deal. And that seemed to be echoed by his agent today. It didn't, it wasn't echoed. I mean, his agent basically went all uh, Jerry Maguire and, you know, said, show me the money. It's, you know, he's using, he's going into his fourth year so that they need to exercise the option on his fifth year uh, for the fifth year of his contract. Um, but what he really wants is he wants an extension. He wants to know he's the, that he's their guy. He's going to stay there. I think the hesitation comes from the front office, not so much that they don't want to give Kyler Murray an extension, but after three consecutive second-half meltdowns, I don't know if they they want to saddle potentially a new coach with Kyler Murray's contract. So it'll be interesting. I I feel like it's like they're, they're kind of at that. Well, let's tear up what we have and we'll extend you for three. We'll, we'll give you a new four year deal. So in reality, they're only adding two years on and they're bumping up. I don't know if you can do that in the NFL with, with the contracts. Um, or if you have to just add on to the end of it, in which case, you know, I'm sure he wants a three or four more, three or four more years. Um, I don't know that he's worth, you know, he's not a top tier quarterback in my eyes. I, I think he's a good quarterback. He's a top half quarterback, but I'm not putting him in the same category as Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert. Um, You know, he's probably in the, in the, next tier with Joe Burrow and Dak Prescott, but he honestly, he's in the bottom of that tier for me. He's probably quarterback eight, nine, 10, maybe for me, uh, but I've never been a huge fan. And and so I, I'm sure there's some bias, uh, but you know, he's using the only kind of leverage he has to try to get the deal done. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. What happens? I, I think you definitely have a fair point. Kingsbury is probably a little bit on the hot seat. And I, I think if you're a management, you know you've got him for two years. I think it's no brainer you pick up that fifth year option for Murray. I mean, if you did it for Sam Darnold, you're doing it for Murray. Um, but there's going to be a couple of interesting decisions because I know they're going to have to decide about Daniel Jones too. And while they've been talking about how you know, they, they've ruined him and they want to build into him. I wouldn't be surprised if that one gets declined um, because they're not sure. Murray, I think it's more of a case of we're not ready to give you a long-term contract because we don't know what our long-term is. Right. Yeah. So I think I agree. I think they're going to pick up Murray's option. They're going to say, look, we'll pick up, we're going to pick up the option and we'll start discussing what it looks like. But if they start off, you know, six and two this year and finish nine and eight, you know, uh, Kingsbury is probably gone. And so then then they bring in a new coach who then has one year with Murray to make a decision. Hey, uh, this guy's going to work and work with my system or this guy is not. All right. Well, before we uh, turn around to become trade corner, Dennis, you want to tell people how they can still make money with DraftKings? You know, we're hot and heavy into the NBA right now, and DraftKings has just the deal you need. 
Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I mean too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill good. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if that team wins. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN, just like the hashtag when we go live, TPPN, and bet just $1 on any NBA team to get $150 in free bets if that team wins. That's promo code TPPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 or older, minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877-846-369. That's 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK. Or text Hope NY to four six seven three six nine. Someday though, we're gonna do a live show from Hope Henny, New York. Yeah. So as uh, as I mentioned at the top, we are going to be looking at some trades. Uh, Dennis uh, put a feeler out there on Twitter. You guys responded with some trades. So uh, we're going to start going over those. If you are watching live and you have a trade you want some help, go ahead and pop that in the comments, and I will be on the lookout for that. But, Dennis, you want to go through the first one? Right, the first one is from Evan Hoffpair. Uh, 10-team, 1QB, PPR. Chase Edmonds or the 207 Gerald Everett and Matt Ryan. The note we have here is the team trading away Edmonds is weak at tight end and backup QB. So they they need a backup tight end to TJ Hawkinson and a backup QB for Dak. And they're looking to acquire Gerald Everett and Matt Ryan along with the 207 for Chase Edmonds. Your thoughts? You know... If I'm pressed right now, I'm probably doing it because we have no idea what awaits Chase Edmonds. I mean, Chase Edmonds is a name that you're thinking about like, hey, we've seen some great production. He's a free agent. I don't know that he goes back to Arizona. I don't know that he goes somewhere where he's featured. So if you are looking for guarantees, you know, Everett's going to be in Seattle and be the tight end. Matt Ryan, that certainly seems is going to be a starting quarterback in what could end up being a better Atlanta offense and you get a draft pick shot. So today I'd probably take it. If I knew like Edmonds was re-signing with the Cardinals, no way. Well, but if he so, let's say Edmund re-signs with the Cardinals. What's your expectation of his season? I think he Are, at least is an RB two. Yeah, 
is that because you don't think Connor comes back and it's Edmonds and Jonathan Ward? Even with Connor, they were both putting up decent value. So if the Cardinals are re-signing him, I think they plan to use him in the passing game, which is still a bread and butter piece of their offense. So at the 207, you're looking at guys like Christian Watson, Wandale Robinson, maybe Zamir White. Brian Robinson, Tyler Badee, uh, maybe one of the quarterback, a couple of the quarterbacks are probably going to be there in the middle of the second round if you're you're looking at a rookie quarterback. Also, you got guys like Tyler Algier, James Cook, Jerome Ford, depending on uh, what your flavor. I think maybe the, I feel like at the two oh seven, you're probably looking at one, maybe two quarterbacks gone. So depending on where how you rank the quarterbacks, you could get a Sam Howell or Kenny Pickett maybe. But if you have Dak Prescott and you just traded for Matt Ryan, do you even want a quarterback? Yeah, fair enough. Because, I mean, about, he has uh, Hawkinson so- and Dak. That's what I'm saying. This is, this is maybe just giving yourself depth. The real question I guess I would have – is I understand what those tight end and quarterback pieces would mean. I don't – what what does it mean to your running back core? Yeah. I mean, I feel like he's saying I've got the depth at running back, but potentially he could replace that with, with a Brian Robinson or a Damian Pierce or a Zamir White, somebody like that. Um, and if you're – Let's see if you're you could it seems like the team is probably in pretty good shape so it feels like it's a contender so the 207 is likely to be an upgrade over whatever second round pick that person already has if they haven't traded it uh you know i think it's team de- it's depend it's situation dependent i see the case for keeping chase edmonds if if you need the running back depth but if you don't, uh, you know, part of the thing you're going to do is you're going to get a serviceable backup quarterback. And uh, I don't know if Everett's necessarily serviceable. Um, now he but, was so hit or miss. Let's see. Let's see. what What's the trade calculator say the value of? Uh, let's see. Who is that again? Uh, Edmonds. So Chase Edmonds. So the Dynasty Nerds trade calculator and the Dynasty GM pretty much has Chase Edmonds' value set exactly at the 208. So according to this deal, it's 208 for Chase Edmonds. And then you've got Gerald Everett and Matt Ryan is essentially a throw-in. I don't know if I agree with the trade calculator. <laughs> well, that's why they're not gospel. They're just suggestions. Um, For you and I. So it, sounds, <laughs> it sounds like you're set. You're you're pretty much your, your team admins, especially if he resigns. If I'm doing it, it's because I think Edmonds ends up in a crappier situation. I would almost wager that's what the trade calculator value is is basing off of. I think if Edmonds 
re-signed and was going back to the same role in Arizona, that's a better option. You're going to find yourself potentially choosing to play him more often than you are a, this isn't a great draft, honestly, this isn't going to be a great draft class in my opinion. And so you're going to be more, there's going to be more times where you're rolling a, a Chase Edmonds than, you know, you're probably, unless Dak gets injured, you're probably only playing Matt Ryan during a bye week and hopefully they don't end up on the same bye week. And even if Hawkinson was injured, I don't know if Edward would be my tight end of choice. Yeah, I'm not there. There was a time when I was in on Everett, but that was about three years ago before he when when there was potential for him to do something. All right, let's move on. We're we're a little torn on that one, but the it seems like we lean the Edmonds side. All right, Noah R. Wright on Twitter. We're gonna. Uh, he didn't give us the specs, but we're gonna assume a twelve-team superflex PPR. He's getting Kamara and Chris Godwin, and giving away Calvin Ridley and Michael Carter. That's like a smash accept, isn't it? So I mean, here's the thing: you have three great players that all have giant question marks. We don't know where Ridley's going to play, or honestly, we have not heard anything from Ridley since he stepped away. You know, hopefully he has gotten better. Hopefully football is in his future. You don't know Kamara, that legal issue going to be quite some time. And Godwin, I like him, but he's coming off of an injury. And again, maybe he gets tagged this week and that provides some clarity, but you're not exactly sure where they're going. Michael Carter, I like what he did as a rookie. Seems to be in an emerging offense. I probably will take Kamara and Godwin, but I think you could make a case for either side. Yeah, I mean, it, it it's definitely a trade where you're saying, I think this side bears a lot of risk. You've got a free agent wide receiver. Coming off an injury, granted, he's it, it was an ACL injury for Godwin, right? And it yeah. was, was it what mid mid season? I think it was in late the later season. part of the season. Yeah. So he should he should be back by training camp, or at least by the beginning of the season. Um, you've got Ridley, who's dealing with mental health issues, uh, and Kamara with the p- pending legal issues. So if I've got Godwin and and, and Kamara. I think it's putting a, a ton of faith in Michael so he, Carter. He tore his ACL December 20th. I don't think it's a guarantee he's back at the beginning of yeah. the season. So he, he could potentially start the season on the pup list. Um, you know, I mean, the numbers obviously lean towards the Godwin-Kamara side, but I definitely see the case for – the Ridley-Carter side. The other huge unknown that prevents me from saying it's a smash, except I think if you're thinking about like historically, you look at those and you're like, that's probably easy. But we also, a huge unknown is even if Kamara is available to play, what is that Saints offense? Right. Is it Kamara, Thomas, and not uh, Taysom Hill? Uh 
but, one-legged Jameis Winston, Ian Book. You know, it, it's it's a great question. There, there's a ton of uncertainty around Kamara. Um, and what he's going into what year six now? I think he's been a, a RB one in every season he's played. Yeah. And uh, oh, he's a great player. I I'm team Alvin Kamara. It just. I have to me, so I many feel shares. Like, I'm hoping he is Alvin Kamara. Well, I feel like so I'm going to take the Kamara and the Godwin side. Um, I think getting Godwin for the second half of the season, whether he's in Tampa Bay uh, on a rebuilding team or whether he signs somewhere else, uh, I feel like he's a, a good enough talent that he'll produce. Kamara. It's the tough thing there is he is getting older. He's played now for six, six years, I think five years. Um, We liked what we saw from Carter and he is on what potentially looks like it could be an emerging offense, but there's no guarantee. You know, we don't know what they may do to what they may add to the backfield. Uh, We don't know. Year six. We don't know what, uh, when or if Ridley comes back. And if he does, is it in Atlanta or does he go somewhere else? So I think I'm going to go with the, the higher talent level that I know. Um, but both sides bear a ton of risk. There's a lot of risk on this. I mean, it's crazy. To see, it's crazy. Michael Carter is probably the least risky player in this deal. Well, and that's why, you know, I'm taking the same side as you. I said I would lean Kamara Godwin, but I that's where I just veered away. I don't know that it's a smash, except it's right. You know, it gives you pause because if Calvin Ridley it was really just angling for a trade and ends up in say Los Angeles with the Chargers, you know, how do you feel about everything? But that's why this time of year you kind of go with upside and you're probably right that Kamara Godwin feels currently like greater upside. All right. So our next one from Keith Ensminger, the Sming Dynasty on Twitter. Uh, see, he says, hopefully he's exiting a rebuild. 12-team super flex tight end premium, six-point passing TD, eight-point rushing TD for quarterback, 0.25 points per carry for quarterbacks. So heavy bonuses to rushing quarterbacks like do they really need bonuses rushing aren't they a bonus in and of themselves all right uh zach wilson and the 101 for 2023 set and a 2023 second for lamar jackson is it 20 i hope it's 2023 and not 2032 yeah i'm guessing 2023 I read it correctly, right? Yeah, you right? did. I, I, that's why I was t- tripping me up. Hey. Like, My God, those guys are trading picks a decade out. That is commitment. <laughs> you have found a league. You, that's, uh, that's using my dyslexia for good. That's a smash except for me because I'm not a huge believer in Malik Willis, and he's the only one in that format that if he hit his potential, you could think would probably be a big producer. I like Wilson okay. I don't – he – 
probably not going to be that kind of a rushing threat. I don't know if he's ever going to put up those numbers. And if you could end up getting Watson to come back and you're rolling with Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and Watson in that kind of scoring, good luck to anyone else. Uh, it, I get that, but, like, you can only – so I feel like Watson is coming back. And if Watson is back, if I can take Zach Wilson and Brees Hall and add a 23-second, now Wilson isn't going to be the rusher. Uh, and and technically, if Watson is back, Wilson probably is your bye week quarterback unless you have an injury. Um, I mean, my big concern there is that you get Lamar, and then that leaves you with Mahomes, Watson, and Lamar. And if Watson comes back and he's playing, like, how do you decide? Or do you say, I'm going to use one of these guys to get a, another piece to get me there? Like, if you, if you traded for Jackson, could you then trade one of those three quarterbacks for a package that's better than Wilson, uh, Brees Hall, and a 23-second? I think it's interesting you think Brees Hall is the best of the running backs. I guess we're going to have to see where they land, but I, Isaiah Spiller would be one for me. But that kind of tells you – I. <sighs> I don't trust the class. I don't trust the landing spots. Uh, Bruning and I have been doing uh, for Campus to Canton some actual mock draft, two-round mock draft, and it's really hard to think that these teams are going to take running backs, any of these running backs, before the end of the second or into the third round, and I think that's a – I'm not putting a ton of stock in there. Honestly, if I had those three quarterbacks, I'm not sure Mahomes wouldn't be the one that ends up sitting based on the scoring. If Watson goes to a desirable location, that also gives you a hedge in case, you know, Watson uh, dealt an intriguing blow, to say the least, to his legal defense in that now he has to make himself available to be deposed by nine different plaintiffs, which that ought to go real well. Um, So, you know, it's no lock he comes back. And if he does come back, if he's still on the Texans, we don't know what the Texans fundamentally are <laughs> as a team, other than Brandon Cooks is there, which is about the most charitable thing you can say. Davis Mills, I thought, looked decent last year, but their whole entire offensive system probably got thrown a little bit into disarray since they changed coaches. So who knows exactly what all is going on, but. I like having those options in a super flex premium with that kind of scoring. I, I'd much rather take that than rolling the dice with. We think the Jets offense is going to take a step forward. Zach Wilson wasn't the best passer in the Jets offense we saw last year. Maybe he takes a step forward. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe one-on-one turns out to be a good value. Maybe it doesn't. And, you know, 20, 23 second, I think that's all worth the risk based on that scoring. Lamar Jackson in that kind of a scoring could be the highest scoring player, period. Fair enough. I mean, but, you know, Jackson regressed some last year. Does he bounce back? Does he continue to regress? 
mean, I think he regressed uh, more I, just because he was injured and missed a lot, long stretch of games, which is a risk for sure. I mean, I, I feel like if you take Jackson, you probably Jackson, Mahomes, and Watson, you probably have three of the top six quarterbacks. So if Watson does get back on the field, you then have the opportunity to trade one of them for probably a better package than the one you gave for Jackson. So I'm looking actually at Lamar Jackson's stats. He only appeared in 12 games, which is probably um, a little bit of an issue and is always going to be somewhat of a concern. He actually threw for more yards last year than he did in 15 games the prior year. His touchdowns were down. Uh, I'm trying to find his rushing numbers. His rushing numbers, he was he had 767 yards in 12 games. So his TDs were down in both areas. He had a little bit of negative TD regression that might bounce back up. So I don't know. Yeah, but they are also getting J.K. Dobbins back, who is, I mean, I don't mean to boast, but the Buckeyes probably better than any of the running backs they trotted out last year. Yeah, I mean, which that's that's fair, but he's had other. So in, I'm going to look at their team. In 2019, uh, Mark Ingram carried the ball 202 times, ran for 1,000 yards. Gus Edwards carried 133 for 711 yards. Lamar still had 176 carries for 1,200 yards. They, When their offense is cooking, they want to run the ball, and that's probably a little bit of an issue they had last year. Yeah. Now, I, I agree I, with you. I think it's a, a risk. I get what you're yeah. saying. It's it's a risk. But to me, that's that's the first one where I it didn't take me very long to make up my mind. Okay. I, I'm with you. I'll go Lamar. So let's not let's talk about the Earl of Dynasty. Earl of Dynasty on Twitter. Is this from one of the leagues we're in with him? I know we've been in leagues with Earl for a couple of years. Uh I don't know if it's know. just the redraft listener league or I think it's just been redraft for me, but you do more so all right uh let's see the 109 for michael pittman doesn't let's see 12 team super flex tight end premium that one's a toss-up but i i think i'm keeping pittman yeah the toss-up for me is like how far do I have to toss that 109 before I can take Michael Pittman and run away? It's a smash except for me. Yeah. Well, I mean, what gives me pause is we don't know who the quarterback's going to be for the Colts or if Frank Reich will remember that Michael Pittman and Jonathan Taylor are good players. Um, you know, it's always a challenge for him to remember which good players he has on his team. But I have more faith, I think, in Pittman than – in the landing spots for these rookies right I, now. I concur. Let's see. Let, let's take a look at th- the Superflex rookie rankings. So at 109 in Superflex rookie ranking, you're looking at like Drake London, Sam Howell, Kenneth Walker, Jamison Williams is where uh, they're ranked on DynastyNerds.com. 
Um, I want Pittman over all those guys. I agree. Um, I think we missed the uh, trades from Stormtroopers, unless you were circling back to that. It's 12 no, teams. I, I figured I'd, yeah. Yeah, I figured okay. I'd get the other ones out of the way before we uh, uh, talked about my trades. Ah. That, that's me. So this, I have these, these trades sitting open. So I'm being offered the 112. It says 111, but it's actually the 112, which coincidentally was my pick I traded away. I am the defending champion in this 12-team Superflex League. Uh, I, I roster Michael Thomas. I'm being offered the 112 for Michael Thomas. Uh, now, see what's that. interesting, you will enjoy it. I also roster Michael Thomas, and in a 10-team PPR, the one I dropped down there, I got offered Brian Edwards and the 23-second for Michael Thomas. So at least you are getting a first-round pick offer. All right. So my, my uh, wide receiver group on this team, I have – it's not great. Uh, I got Debo, which that's great. Um, Adam Thielen, Van Jefferson, Gabe Davis, Josh Palmer, Marquez Valdez-Gantling, Juwan Jennings, Sterling Shepard, Sammy Watkins, Chris Conley, Paris Campbell. So So my problem, you know, in the range of outcomes, 112 is not terrible for Michael Thomas. But in the range of outcomes, that could also be horrific. You know, we've seen Michael Thomas as recently as a couple of years ago be a top five wide receiver. A lot of questions yeah. for his team, a lot of questions for him. But it feels like right now selling at the lowest point. And if you wrote out the last two years, which have not been great, that doesn't that doesn't feel satisfying to me. Right. So if I put a name on the 112, if it's so Michael Thomas or Jamison Williams. I mean, we've seen Thomas do right. it. Michael Thomas or Drake London. Well, you know, the other problem is right now. I don't know if you've been watching, but there are such a barrage of opinions on this class. You have some people talking about Drake London as being potentially the top receiver taken, which he still could be, and several other people saying they are completely out. And I, so that's for me right now, you know, I am probably just sticking with Michael Thomas. Post draft, if I saw where a where some of these players have con- come through a combine and uh, a potential situation that they land in, maybe I feel differently. But right now, Michael Thomas, he reworked his deal, which gives you some confidence that he's patching things up with the Saints. Maybe Sean Payton leaving actually improved that relationship. You never know because it seemed like there was a little friction there. They have nothing else. They don't really have the draft capital to solve all their other needs. That's probably one of the reasons that they reworked 
Thomas's deal. If they can get any kind of a quarterback, you know, we've seen Teddy Bridgewater thrive with Michael Thomas. If that was, you know, they went back to, I think Jameis Winston would do well with a Michael Thomas. We've seen him do well with, with other receivers. Then I feel like I have more set guaranteed production. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough because it, it's like we were talking with the earlier trade. Um, it's like, it feels like such a sell low on Michael Thomas right now at the 112 because the potential. Now, on the other hand, he's what? Going to be 29 years old now, 28 years old. Um, well, that's it's not like the running back cliff. Um, it is starting to get up there. He is, yeah, he's 28. So right now, you know, that could go either way for me. I think it's going to come down to at some point if he doesn't uh, cancel the, the the offer, I'm going to probably log in at some point in the next 24 hours, make a decision, and just live with it. Now on the other side of it, same manager has offered me uh, – Devin Singletary for the 204. Now, my running back group, different story. Joe Mixon, Saquon Barkley, uh, Damian Harris, Sony Michelle, Kenneth Gainwell, Dante Foreman. So I've got some, got some higher level talent at the running back position. As of right now, the way my team sits, I, I'm flexing more running backs than I am wide receivers. And I don't necessarily like that feeling. Um, yeah. From a draft pick perspective, right now, my earliest draft pick is the 204. Yeah, so basically, you, if you took that deal and didn't take the other one, you're kind of rolling with veterans and issuing this draft class, which I don't hate because if Thomas right. comes back in a decent way and if Singletary continues on the track that we saw at the end of the season where it seemed like he kind of emerged, I I probably would take – I would probably take the Singletary one. We got a comment from Kyle C., So it seems like he's sort of agreeing. If if you get a good spot, those players' value can go up, and people like to value a player on a team over a random pick. You may not be able to wait. Yeah, and that's really kind of where I'm sitting with this. It's like at the 204, I mean, some of the guys I mentioned potentially, you know, at 204 I could be looking at Chris Olave, Kyron Williams, Jahan Dotson, George Pickens, Rashad White, Wandale Robinson, maybe even Carson Strong, John Mechie. Those are all guys that could be available to me at 204. So five picks earlier at the 112, I don't think it provides me with more – 
rookie certainty than the 204 does. It just gives me a few more options for essentially players in the same tier. Yeah. I mean, they're... So what would you... I would decline Thomas and take the other one. I don't trust the rookies. That's kind of where I've... What I've been thinking. Yeah, I, I mean, part of it, too, is I have the ability to see some of the internal discussions from the campus to Canton team. And those guys spend a hell of a lot more time watching college than me. And many of them have talked about divesting themselves of 2022 picks altogether, which gives me a huge moment of pause. And Matt and I, when we've done these both NFL mocks and rookie draft mocks, they've been disconcerting. They, they, (laughs) I mean, part of it, I was like, yeah, this is fun. I'll get into it. And then part of it, I'm like, yeah, right. I mean, so much is going to depend on the landing spots with some of these guys. Uh, I think really that's the exercise that we need is like, who, where do I, you know. I'm hoping combine week. You know, there's always a couple of players that you get a better feeling. I a lot of people were waiting to hope that the senior bowl was going to give some clarity, and I don't feel like it gave any positive clarity. Um, so now it's I don't know. I don't like Matt and I just started a super flex rookie mock, and we're we're at like 108, and we've only taken three quarterbacks last year. All five of your quarterbacks went up top. And I don't even feel good about some of the places I took quarterbacks. Well, the last uh, Superflex rookie mock we dropped at Dynasty Nerds, which was just last week, uh, our first quarterback didn't go until the 104. Yeah, which, you know, Burks, Hall, and Wilson all went before a quarterback went. It's just usually – you know, if you're the 101 in a super flex league, it's probably you probably don't have any quarterbacks. And if there's something that you think is so obviously, you and I play in the FLA Writers Dynasty, I faced that decision last year. And even though I don't have good quarterbacks, I still took Najee Harris because I felt like that was going to be such a long term difference making pick. And I don't regret that. But I guess I'm not to that point with any of these running back receiver prospects. And sometimes when you see the prospective landing spots, it doesn't make you feel any better. Yeah. All right. So Noah R. Wright has another trade he offered up. Uh, Ten team, one quarterback. Lamar Jackson and Michael Carter or Kyler Murray and Miles Sanders. I'm taking uh, Jackson and Carter, and that's pretty easy for me. I, Miles Sanders, we had high hopes. It has never come to fruition. I don't even know what Philly's doing, and I'm going to take Lamar over Kyler. Yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat. Well, I probably have Sanders and Carter more equal, it sounds like, than you. Uh, I definitely have Lamar over Kyler, so that, that one's yeah. pretty comfortably uh, Lamar Jackson and Michael Carter for me. All right, so you have a couple offers up here. 
Yep. So I've gotten, you know, it is interesting offer seasons. These are all from uh, my 10 team PPR league, a couple of offers. I'm just curious for your thoughts. Uh, the first one I had mentioned earlier, uh, I, I roster Michael Thomas um, and I got offered Brian Edwards and a 23 second. So you're probably not going to find a bigger Brian Edwards stand slash hopeful slash I think he's the second highest rostered player across all of my leagues behind Donald Parham. Um, but this is easily the Michael Thomas side for me. And yeah, until Edwards does something, uh, I, it's it's Thomas. So um, I got offered, I have the 106 um, for me to give up 106 to get Elijah Mitchell. My running back situation, I have um, Alvin Kamara. Um, I have to go look. I, and then I know I had Chase Edmonds and Miles Gaskin, so I'm not in incredible shape there. Um, so that was probably a little bit of the, the reason that came up. Um, my running back's not great. That was – so that – did you get that offer after the Kamara incident? Yes. Yeah, and that's and probably the, a little bit – I'm pulling up my exact running back. I, I don't want to make you – Is that a 1QB I do have Michael Carter in that league. It is one QB. So I have Alvin Kamara, Michael Carter, Edmonds, Gaskin, Latavius Murray, McKissick, and Jamar Jefferson. All right. Let me see here. It feels like uh, it's pretty close. So the Dynasty Nerds trade calculator from the Dynasty GM gives the edge to Mitchell, uh, 3218 to 2564. So a, a little a little edge to Mitchell. Um, I think then you know it comes down to where what are your options? Probably so Spiller and Hall. It's one QB league. You said right. Yep, one QB. All right, so Spiller and Hall are likely gone. gone. So Spiller, Hall, Burks, Wilson, London. So you're looking at the likes of maybe Kenneth, Kenneth Walker. Walker, Kyron Williams, Jamison, Jamison Williams. That's kind of the where you, unless somebody reaches, falls in love and reaches, uh, and somebody else from the top five fall to you. I mean, so would you rather have? Kenneth Walker or Elijah Mitchell? I mean, if Kenneth Walker goes to Atlanta, I'd rather have Kenneth Walker. I guess part of it, I loved what Elijah Mitchell did, and he was such an incredible value last year. But I have spent my much of my adult life cheering for a team uh, – you know, my formative years too, uh, cheering for a team run by a Shanahan. And I know how Shanahan's feel about running backs. That gives me pause. You know, this this time last year, I was all in on the Raheem Mostert train. And 
That train derailed, flipped over, buried me under a pound of concrete. I also thought Jeff Wilson had some some prospects. There was a lot of people that were high on Trey Sermon. Mitchell did a good job. So my question, I think he though, probably goes that, in as the starter. I think they're always going to use a committee. Well, my question is this: So what derailed them? They all got injuries and missed time. And it seems like they all now have developed sort of the reputation for not being able to carry the workload. Mitchell, it's only his second year, so he has the opportunity to overcome it. And he he's decently sized. He's what, 5'10", 210 or something? So he's not, which is about the same size as Walker. Um, so he's, but, he's I mean, 5'10", 200, but he also was limited to uh, 10 games last year. Right. And so like, well, I guess at 200, I I guess I'm probably a little bit more concerned. He needs to put on a little more weight, but I mean, when you think back to your formative years, I mean, Mike Shanahan didn't use a committee when he had a good running back. I mean, Terrell Davis was not in a committee. Mike Anderson when he started was not in a committee. Olandis Gary, when he started, was not in a committee. Ruben Drones, when he started, was not in a committee. So as long as they were healthy and producing, they they weren't in committees. Now, Kyle may be a little bit different than Mike, but for me, if I can't wait until after the draft, in which case waiting until after the draft might not yeah. This trade might not be available to you. Um, who were your running backs again? I have Alvin Kamara, Michael Carter, Chase Edmonds. So theoretically, Mitchell could be your RB2 or maybe RB3, depending on how you rank them. Um, I I think it's a fair offer. I'm not sure I'm completely sold on Mitchell, but more importantly, I'm not sold on the 49ers. I think they end up going to Trey Lance. I don't know what that does to running backs. I also don't know what that does to the offense. The 49ers are a team to me that could potentially take a step, a giant step backwards. So let me ask you this. If Brees Hall, Isaiah Spiller, and Kenneth Walker go off the board in the first five picks, are you comfortable with a wide receiver there? So let's say Wilson and Burks are gone. Are you comfortable with Drake London, Chris Olave? Uh, that'd be real high for George Pickens. Um, yeah. Well, my wide receivers on that team, I have Calvin Ridley, Terry McLaren, Mike Evans, Michael Thomas, Allen Robinson, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Michael Gallup, Devontae Parker. So – you potentially could use some youth there as well, which would allow you to move maybe one of those other guys for a back that's maybe even better than Mitchell. Yeah. And if and if uh, Walker is there at five and he's on the yeah, it it sounds like that's a that's a a pass for you. Yeah. Well, I I did decline it. I just I think it's. I think it's fair, just isn't what I wanted to do. Yeah, that 
I feel bad when I, I had to do, I didn't have to, I did that to somebody the other day. I was like, uh, he sent me an offer for CD lamb. And I was like, you know what? It's a fair offer. It was Robert Woods, a 22 first and a 23 first. I think the 22 was like the one Oh seven or something. I'm like, it's a fair offer. Uh, but no, I'm, I'm going to keep CD lamb. Now, Potentially, I thought about asking for Deontay Johnson instead of Robert Woods. Um, but honestly, I just would rather keep C.D. Lamb. I got C.D. Lamb and Jalen Waddle on that team. I think that's a pretty solid uh, start to my wide receiver core. Actually, I have DeAndre Hopkins on that team, too. So... Uh... The, the last one I got was uh, my Calvin Ridley for Rashad Bateman, which at first, like, I totally blocked that. But I think after Ridley's situation stuff, um, there are some places that have them ranked not too far apart. This uh, rankings list from Keep Trade Cut has Calvin Ridley at 76 overall wide receiver 25 and Bateman at 77 overall wide receiver 26. I... I'm not quite as high on Baltimore's passing game, but do you feel differently? You know, so Baltimore threw, I think, 100 more passes last season than they did the year before. And that was with, what was it, Josh Johnson and Tyler Huntley starting games. Mm-hmm. Um, so it feels like their passing volume is – probably going to be, I don't know if it'll be up from last season, but it's going to be up from what it was uh, a couple seasons prior to that. Um, You know, there's, there's some, there's risk with Ridley because you don't know uh, where he's at Uh, on the dynasty nerds uh, are one QB PPR rankings. We've got Bateman at 30 and Ridley at wide receiver 17. So there's a sizable gap there for us. Um, you know, I like what Bateman brings to the table, but Mark Andrews Andrews is the wide receiver one there. And they're a run-first team, even though they have increased their passing volume. Uh, it all comes down to where do you feel – the risk of Ridley not playing, how strongly do you feel about that? If you feel like he's coming back and whether he stays in Atlanta or goes somewhere else, he's going to play and play well, then, then I think that the, the talent of Ridley uh, wins out pretty easily. But you have to believe he's coming back and going to play. Yeah. I, you know, like going into last year, I thought Calvin Ridley could end up being the wide receiver one uh, because of what we had seen. Yeah. It's hard to know what exactly. We all had him in our top three. Top three. It's hard to know exactly what's gone, gone on and gone wrong there. Um, You know, maybe he gets a fresh start, but for now I feel more, comfortable with Ridley than I do with, with Bateman. 
I think so too. It's kind of like the Michael Thomas argument. We've seen it. We know it can be done. It's not something we have to imagine with him. So I, I kind of agree there. If if I was super deep, like who are your wide receivers on that team? Um, I have Ridley, Michael Thomas, um, Mike Evans, Terry McLaren, Allen Robinson, Michael Gallup, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Devontae Parker, Tim Patrick, Nico Collins. So, so honestly, not making the Thomas trade, which was a no-brainer, um, kind of makes it. So now you've got two really risky guys there. Um, it almost makes sense maybe to get out from under one of them. Yeah, but I didn't have either of them Especially, last year, and I still finished third. Like, who is there somebody in your league that loves Bateman? I don't know. Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. It's not me. Yeah. I guess part of it for me too is um, the year before I acquired Ridley and Chase Edmonds for CeeDee Lamb. And now I don't really – to go from CeeDee Lamb to Rashad Bateman feels like a misstep. I'm just hoping Ridley comes back. Not hashtag winning. All right. Well, sit tight then. Looks like you're sitting tight. Well, Dennis, for those that have uh, trade questions that uh, are agonizing with, where can they turn for some help? Well, I've been making multiple references to the Dynasty GM from DynastyNerds.com. There's rankings. There's shows you all of your draft picks, uh, the trade browser. You can see trades that have actually been made, a trade calculator. Do you want to dominate your Dynasty League? The Dynasty GM from Dynasty Nerds is the tool you need to get the job done. It integrates seamlessly with your MFL, Sleeper, Flea Flicker, and FFPC leagues. You can use the League Analyzer to identify your team's strengths and weaknesses, the Trade Calculator to put together league-winning deals, the Player Shares Tracker to keep track of your roster ship, and get exclusive rankings and more. Use code ROUNDTABLE, all one word, ROUNDTABLE, for 15% off the monthly or annual subscription. Bundle the Dynasty GM with the Nerd Herd to save even more. Well, that's going to do it for today. On Friday, we're going to be back uh, at the very least. We'll talk a little bit about the Combine, which uh, kicks into drills, I believe, tomorrow. Uh, Tomorrow is like weigh-in and interviews. I think Wednesday or maybe even Thursday is when drills start. So there will we'll, be we'll get to see how before we come back. We'll, we'll see how how big, how tall, how heavy, and how big the hands are, at least. We're still just talking about the combine, right? And not some dating app. Yeah. No, that's the combine. Right on. All right. Well, I hope you guys have fun. Hope uh, you have a good week and some nice weather. And we will be back on Friday with that. Probably any other NFL news and maybe the long awaited return of rookie profiles. Perish the thought. Maybe Either that or free agents. <laughs> See mm-hmm. that. All right. 
Thank you again for listening to the Fantasy Roundtable Podcast. Check us out on Twitter, FLA Blog on Medium, and come back tomorrow for a brand new episode. Have a great day, guys.